Welcome to Everything Renewed Podcast. This is Wes Morgan. Listen, everyday people operate under habits and mindsets that prevents growth. This podcast is here to address those habits and mindsets and dismantle negative stigmas. We truly believe that if you start with the mind, everything can be renewed. Let's go. It's another day for your mind to be renewed. My name is Wes Morgan and welcome to the Everything Renewed Podcast. I appreciate you joining me today. Um, Today is the final day that we're going to be talking about fatherhood and manhood. And let me tell you, if you have not listened to some of the previous podcasts, uh, you cheating yourself. You owe it to yourself when you're outside walking or working out or driving. Go back and listen to some of those podcasts. We have had a lot of rich information shared. Um, And today, man, today is about to be I don't know. Maybe I'm biased. I'm going to say today is going to be the best one there because I brought in a heavy hitter to, you know, bring it on home. As preachers, they tell us, you know, bring it on home. Don't get up there just talking. You know, you got to bring it on home. And today I I, I brought somebody to the uh, table here in the studio that is going to do just that. Um, Just happen to be family. But I I, like I said, I'm a little biased. This my guest today is Calvin Mann, Calvin T. Mann. Um, He is my older cousin, but more than that, um, this is a man who has been very, um, what's the word I want to use here? Very um, big, influential, there you go, into my life, Um, growing me as a man um, from a young boy, from coaching in sports, um, not allowing me to be a knucklehead in school, um, not allowing me to slack off. I don't know if he even remember this. Um, me coming from the eighth grade, uh, he had me at the gym at six o'clock in the morning practicing with college uh, students and had the nerve to tell me I better score on some college uh, players. And I, here I am just graduating eighth grade. Um, we used to work out six o'clock in the morning um, at the gym. I have vivid memories of everything this man has um, poured into me. So he's not just a cousin to me. I kind of look at him like a real uh, big uncle. You know, he, he has um, he has influenced my life. And some of you ask me where I get it. And I always take a lot of pride in the fact that I was groomed and raised by a lot of powerful men. And Calvin T. Man is just one of those individuals. So um, I'm so happy to have him here uh, with me today. And I want to give you a little bit of his background, not just the fact that he's family, but Calvin is an author uh, several books. He released a book and you need to get it. And we have links um, on our show notes for you to uh, purchase those books. And matter of fact, I typically say this towards the end, but we're going to be giving away some of um, his material and you will have um, ways to reach Calvin. He's definitely um, reachable. You can definitely send him an email and contact him and he will definitely um, get back in contact with you. But he's a national encourager. Um, man, his, his bio is pretty long. He's the president and founder of Emmy uh, and Good Fathers Only, a native of Detroit, Michigan, an advocate and encourager to all school-aged children um, coming from elementary, middle school, high school. Um, He's really involved in different policies affecting fatherhood and parental rights, family uh, restoration, healthy manhood, 
um, mental and physical health. Um, he's an encourager um, of respect. And he's a, and I know I'm going to ask him a few questions to give us some more insight of everything that he's uh, doing. Um, he even got awarded uh, Emmy National Respect Day, which is um, every year on April 6th and is created as a day of observation in Wayne County. Um, that was a huge, a huge accomplishment um, and just recognition by him in 2016. It's amazing. Um, he's a talk show host of the Daddy Talk is a platform for stories of fatherhood to be unapologetically told. Um, and he facilitates that. And again, he's an author, he's a coach. Um, he does a lot of mentoring in the city of Detroit. He got young, young, young men, young brothers out there. Um, I saw them on the news one day. They, they were sitting there touring um, and introducing these young men to all different aspects of life. Things that I would say, you know, I was very sports driven, but you know, didn't have a chance to get into all the things that he's doing. And that's just a snippet. And I think I'm doing a poor job in really highlighting everything he's doing. But Calvin, I want to say welcome, man, to the podcast. I am so happy to have you today, man. So thank you. Because, hey, listen, man, <laughs> um, honestly, um, I, I, I appreciate that. And uh, I'm grateful I, when, you know, it. I discovered years later that it was purpose and God just put these things in your pathway and you have to do them. And, and, you know, the one thing about purpose is, is once you have purpose, you can't stop because it's going to knock on your door. It's going to knock mm -hmm. on your pillows. It's going to be at your bathroom, everywhere <laughs> you go, that purpose is going to be at you. And, um, honestly, um, I, I, I owe it to my parents, uh, Reverend Columbus man and Ollie Bell man for being the people that they were that, you know, somehow, some way, I just got a snippet of what they were. And um, the many people like yourself, I had many men in my life. So um, that I had, I could look at role model, decide, pick and choose what I will and what not do. And, and so I'm grateful to all of that. Appreciate that. Uh, and, and, and for sure, you know what I mean? Like sometimes we don't hear that we had an influence and, you know, and when you hear that, you know, it just adds another log to the fire to keep going, man. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, no doubt. Well, here on the show, I ask everybody uh, what I call the everything renewed question. So um, so you're no different. You're getting the same question. Uh, let's start this off. What is something that you would like to see changed in our world? Uh, for me, it's uh, fatherhood involvement, right? It, it would be more fathers in the house and and pretty much the closure of the single household family and healthy fatherhood is an answer and i think we've really spent the last 60 years really painting a picture of fatherhood and negativity and and we have to change that so that would be the 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 top thing a healthy fatherhood in the home with their kids especially with their boys hmm. Very good segue. I didn't even know you were going there, but it's an easy segue for me. Why, why is it that, you know, you say the past 60 years, why is it that so much attention, um, today we're going to be talking about rethinking manhood, rethinking fatherhood type thing. Um, why is it that so much attention is being brought around men? 
why you know we see a lot of killings um, taking place, especially among African American men. But why so much attention to the man? What would you say to that? Well, uh, for me, ah, that's a good question, and I, and I would I would most definitely say that the reason why is a lot of attention around men again is because of the years of negative display. See, society has displayed men in such a negative way through media, through messaging, through life, through the court system, right? It's always the man's fault, right? And I think after World War II, that's when you begin to see a major shift in the entire game where the powers to be wanted to be the only powers to be. And so we, we carved out a few of these steps along the way that really took men from being who they were, right? Because now you have two different economies, especially in, in the black culture, but in the United States right now, you're seeing a development of two cultures and some two different cultures, one for the woman and one for the man. And then that division, everything else kind of fits in. So you see this constantly happen. So the attention around men is because for 50 years, we've been telling these lies that all men cheat, all men are dogs, men walk away from their kids. Right. And we've been painting that picture to a society that says, hey, this is fact. Look at the statistics. And now, because you bought into it, you have a single household rate. You have divorce at the highs. And, you know, being in those positions, um, what are you exposed to? Well, let's just create another system and another program. Now you have foster care at a hard time high where kids are put into foster care. So you're not winning at the parenting model because you got a ton of kids in foster care. You got 41 million children in the child support system. You can't possibly think that you're winning there. You know what I mean? So now you're looking at the dynamics and we have took education and brought it down. So who else are we gonna blame, right? Mm -hmm. We're gonna blame the man. Wow. So what would you say, like even going back to your answer about something you would wanna see changed in the world, how is it that men have been redefined? How is it that we have been, um, you know, a picture, cast a picture of like not being involved as dads or, you know, being raised in a single home? How is it, how did that come about? Like, how did we get out of position, position as being men? So the, the system recognized during World War II that women go to work every day, right? Right, we're gonna give them the opportunity, right? Also, the system recognized that men were good for war. And in 69, we needed to do some things. So we initiated the No Fault Divorce Act. So we always experiment with things on one culture and then it eventually matriculates its way to all cultures, right? So same thing with the war on drugs, same thing with the uh, opioid crisis right now. Same thing across the board when you look at the numbers. So males, predominantly have been murdering themselves uh, since the early 70s at a high level. So not just war, but suicide, uh, gun violence, right? Diabetes, mm. heart, right? So uh, you're watching men only provide a seed, so to speak, right? Uh, how did I get here? It was a seed, um, here I am. So we didn't value that seed, we didn't value the male. And so when you, when you really get into the statistics, the whole world has missed what God had put in men all along, including men, 
or how valuable you truly are. So since there's been such a negative, um, a negative perspective brought on to me, and now some of it is, you know, in my it's opinion, some yeah, some of it are self-deflected, yeah. some of it is earned, you know, yeah. but some yeah. of it is not. Like you said, we have we have accepted a narrative right that's been forced down to us so for that man that's listening today you know we're trying to provide a a renewed perspective like change change have a fresh start start over what would you say to the man who you know yeah you telling them you encouraging them daily you telling them as a matter of fact i i want you to speak to the national holiday today i want you to speak to that um right now but what would you say to a man um who's trying to find their identity, even though society has painted a narrative to tell them they are not, you know, somebody. So first of all, they need to understand on the fatherhood side, black fathers became the most involved father in 2012. That's by way of the system, right? The negative system, right? The system mm -hmm. says, hey, uh, he's not involved. We're taking him out the house. He's not involved. We're going to make the adjustment. So imagine in the 70s, they didn't have a lot of these rules for men where they could fight for their kids in the 70s. So a man was, he was out of luck, right? But going forward, what has happened is, is that so many men saw what it was like where the dad wasn't involved. Even if the dad was in the house, his communication was down. I go to work, so I provide. So if your dad go to work and he's a provider, guess what you're going to do? You're going to go to work every day and you're going to mm -hmm. provide, right? So you're the next wave, right? So each one of these categories, just like they name hurricanes, every generation got a different name. Your generation is, is a change agent generation. And so this generation, 2012, decided they didn't want to be labeled that way, right? And so 2012, the most involved father became the black father. Men have naturally always been involved in their kid's life, right? But that's not the picture you showed. You only showed one man in his household, right? That's the racism. Mm -hmm. You see, I'm only going to show this man as the only man, right? If you if you go back and you look at, um, you go back and look at good times, James always struggled. So what am I teaching from good times? The man always struggled, right? Even from good times, Lenny had a penny. Look at the, the, the messages that you're receiving versus the owner of the apartment building when he came in, Mrs. Evans, right? Just think about the message that has always been sent to males, men, right? To Jefferson, you're moving up, right? Mm -hmm. You feel good. Here come Bill Cosby. Cosby dropped, and so many kids was influenced that it influenced black colleges. Black colleges today, right now, is still performing at a, high, a very high level. And so what did the media do, right? What did we say? We're going to take Bill Cosby. We're going to make him an example. We say Bill Cosby is all these things. Right. And now what do we take away from you? that figure? So we are constantly showing fatherhood in these areas that really we could show in a different way. I could put a camera on you. You're a hell of a father. We know that. Right. Mm -hmm. So why not? You're dead. Hell of a father. Why the camera ain't on him? You see what I'm saying? He went to work every day, provided for his family. He even coached his kids. He was involved. Good father. Right? Why the story ain't on him? You see? So we owe it to ourselves to really paint that picture. 
Now, as far as Respect Day, the state of Michigan actually awarded today um, for uh, in uh, two years after 2016, 2018, the state of Michigan solidified uh, its Calvin T. Mandate. We kept it as Emmy National Respect Day. Why? Because we knew that we were influencing mm. the outcomes in education. If you participated in Respect Day, um, you would hear the stories at the end of the year, where you recall when you was in high school, at the end of the year, you had to focus on prom, you was trying to be pretty, so your grades started slipping. We picked mm -hmm. Respect Day, April 6th, we picked that time because that would then impact the end of the school year, and like clockwork, it worked. And so each school that has participated in Respect Day, the end of the year, the kids weren't dropping their grades, the summer went over well. A lot of kids had a different perspective going into the summer. And what we did was it brought in a new level of respect for each other. And so mm -hmm. that's what Respect Day is really about. We always put a mantra to it. And um, we discovered then in 2018 uh, about Black boys and suicide. What, what are you finding with that? Because I know you do a lot of work um with mental health, you even have a suicide campaign. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. It's, it's the smash suicide campaign to where you're bringing a lot of awareness uh, to suicide. Um, and I really have two questions. Let me slow down with, uh, I wanna present this first one. So if this image, let's go back to manhood. I'll come back to suicide in a second. Okay. You know, if this image, and I'm thinking of a man, and you talked about like you know good times where we watching James, he's struggling financially, but he's still providing. He he's breaking his back. He's trying to work hours, and we have men like that um, today. I sat on a, um, I was I don't know. I wasn't even on the panel, but I was involved in a conference, and I listened to these uh, four um, four fathers, these four black fathers. And I had to get off of that. It was so heavy. I literally had to stop. I couldn't take any more because they had me in tears and they were trying to fight a system, right? This They trying to fight to get their kids and um, coming out of jail for whatever reason. And, and it wasn't as though they committed a crime. It was all centered around child support and, and not being able to pay what the court said they needed to pay and then they have to face jail time. So they was involved in this vicious cycle that is not, that's basically set up for them to fail. And now here they are, you know, getting a new identity in jail. And just to see these brothers, um, their pain, but also their success story. That's why I'm saying like, what do we speak? What do we say to these brothers? How do we lift these brothers up? Who thankfully those, um, those four men that I'm talking about they're active in, you know, fighting policies and they're on the front line and doing some amazing work. But we got brothers right now that sitting at home right now and they contemplating suicide because of the fact they don't feel like they can make it. What do we say to these brothers? So twofold. One, um, that's just a touch of what you were watching. There are some incredible fatherhood stories of men having to overcome a lot of issues. Um, they actually get to walk in a court. And when you talk about privilege, you can walk into a court and say your name and not even have your, your social security number or nothing. 
and then they'll send some information to you. If you never respond, like where this is coming from, within a certain amount of time, they literally attack you financially, right? That's just because I said your name, right? This is how much privilege has gone on in the court in the destruction of the man, right? Because again, we have two economies. What good is that man? I need him in the prison. I need him in a casket. I need him. Um, I need him in the war. I need him. Men essentially were born to die in this process, right? Provide or die. If you didn't provide, mm -hmm. here you go. You go to these different areas. And so when they go into prison, you're required to notify the court before going to prison. I think about that. I'm already going to jail. I'm I'm leaving my family because I had to do, maybe I didn't do the right things or whatever the case may be. I have to notify the court to stop the child support before I go to jail. So I got to really think about, you got to really think about before I go do this time, I need to stop and tell the child support system I'm going to jail, right? And you're mm -hmm. talking to someone who may not have had a healthy father in the home so when you're talking about going into prison, you got to see how fatherhood is connected to the prison, right? And then the lack of fatherhood is connected to prison. Um, when you go beyond that, because I'm, I'm almost certain that was Cole Williams and his crew doing that presentation that you were on. So when you, when you go beyond that and you start looking at suicide, right? So suicide in 2014, we did a men's issue conference um, with Dr. Warren Farrell. Um, and many other people, a voice for men, the whole nine. And, and I got to tell you, that was one of the biggest opportunities in my life because it was the first conference of its kind. And so here I am getting an opportunity to present. And so, of course, I presented on reaping. See, men have sown bad seed. So a lot of this comes from what we've sown also. That's why I say some of it is self-inflicted, right? But in that in that process, um, I spoke about the isms, right? So white males and suicide, white males, nobody commits suicide more than white males, right? They're number one in suicide on a certain level, right? Uh, Hispanics and black males, gun violence, right? Uh, limbs, diabetes, limbs, Middle Eastern Americans, Middle Eastern men across the world. These are global. These are big things that are happening. You, 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 that is really happening to men. We're now 10 years, we're dying 10 years earlier, right? Um, we stress different. We're told as a kid, right, go sit down, go do something, right? And so why you think I can't talk is because I've been told to shut up my whole life, right? Because I had a certain construct because there was no man. The man was at work and it, you know, it wasn't work. He's not there to say, hey, let me make sure we do these, do these things, because, again, we'll get into how powerful fatherhood really is, and we'll share some things uh, with your viewers, but that is not happening. And so suicide, um, 36 years, we call this mass suicide because in 36 years, we've not lost, I have not lost a kid in 36 years of work, right? I have not lost a boy. What is the main ingredient? We go off our ingredients that we're teaching right now, and uh, which is engage, empower, and encourage, right? And it's called the Emmy way. Um, and we, we're doing that on a huge scale. So when the boys come into our mentoring program, they come into the mentoring program very emotional.
right? Because nine out of 10 times, there is no father, right? Nine out of 10 times, the only thing he's being taught is emotional behavior, right? And then uh, the other part is now he has a video game, so he's quiet because all he knows to do is sit, be quiet, play the video game, right? Meanwhile, the daughter is being raised because her like, her like-minded role model is in the house. So she has all the example in the woman, right? Where the boy, he doesn't have the example of the man, right? So suicide uptick um, over the last three, four years, suicide in black males jumped 82%. Mm. But black boys, five to 11 being number one now, right? Um, right behind the black boy, a percentage point is the white boy, all right? And and what you are what you're seeing is another dynamic is taking place because suicide, right? Just think about that. People just want to get rid of the pain, but a five year old decides that I don't want to live. They're dying by hangings, mm -hmm. right? Um, and when you, you know, you can get into some other areas, uh, which I, you know, would say part of it is the biggest part, right? Because we can go into this. But here's the biggest significant statistic to suicide. 63% of all suicides come from fatherless homes. Mm. I, and, and if you repeat that and then think about it, 63% of all suicides come from fatherless homes. So essentially 1969, the Divorce Act the system, the whole night is contributing to this situation. It's almost amazing when you really get into, again, learning how powerful fathers were. Fathers didn't have this information, right? Now we have the information on how important, how powerful, how strong, and what God gave us that he didn't give anybody else. Yeah. So, so these are the things that's really happening and, and uh, you know it just depends you know some people do um, you know suicide you know really the number two killer kids 10 to 24 I mean like when you get into it gun violence is at the table as well was the way a child dies in the inner city right now is gun violence mm -hmm. right so so yeah that that that's that's a lot of information and, and I, I want our listeners to really just even stop and just go back and listen to some of these statistics because it shows you the power uh, of who we are as men. And that's why um, this episode is um, titled Rethinking Manhood because we have been given a perspective or a narrative of who we are as men and that's I like how you said it. That's not really who God called us to be. And that's not what's in our DNA. But we have swallowed this narrative and accepted it. And even taking one step further, we have catered our lives around this narrative that is really false. And then we, we're stuck in this vicious cycle asking ourselves, how do we get there? Or questioning, do we even want to live? You know, so those statistics and everything you're saying is, is right on point. Um, I want to take a break real quick here from our uh, sponsors, and we're going to come back because we need to uh, talk a little bit more about what are we going to do 
you know, some of the actions and we, we'll talk a little bit more about what uh, the Emmy Foundation is doing and some practical steps that we can give men in our listening audience um, on how to support and build up uh, men that are around you. Let's hear from our sponsors. Today's podcast is sponsored by Renew Counseling Services, where our mission is to reveal, restore, and renew all people by using a holistic approach to help transform lives. If you know anyone in West Michigan seeking counseling services, send them over to our website for additional information, www.renewedcounselingservices.com. Again, www.renewedcounselingservices.com. Now back to our show. All right, we're back, and I want to um, really kind of focus on how to build up men. Um, Like we were saying earlier, a lot of statistics, um, a lot of information that you have shared have really showed how a man has been broken down, and you have been doing a lot of um, influential things in the city of Detroit, and to be honest, I don't even want to limit you to Detroit because it's way bigger than Detroit. It's bigger than the state of Michigan. You are in other states as well. Um, encouraging men and young young males and stuff like that. What are some ways that we can encourage men? How do we, you know, dismantle this negative stigma of um, manhood? So, in what ways can we encourage men? Men have to be validated. Say right. that one more time. Men have to be validated. You validate him as a child, but then you unvalidate him as a man. Right? Mm-hmm. You when he when you when you get a husband, he was a he was someone who was raised with male validation. So he was told, great job. He was told, I'm proud of you. He was told, he was applauded, he was clapped for. As soon as he became an adult, you stop clapping. You stop telling him how proud of you you were. You stop validating him when he did certain things, right? You didn't love him properly. You didn't respect him. You stopped doing those things, right? Uh, usually our love language is respect. But if you, if, when you're dealing with men, sometimes you have to listen, right? Mm-hmm. The, instead of you always being the one talking. Sometimes you need to just sit next to him and be quiet with him. And eventually he'll begin to talk because he's not being uh, blocked. In other words, all your stuff coming on him. Because when I walk out this door, right, and I go out into this world, I'm up against all of that. When I come back into the door, I should come home to a certain amount of peace and care and love, at least giving the space, right, for me to unwind so I can walk in and say, hey, baby, right? Uh, Men need to be encouraging to other men. Men need to be sharing information with other men. Men need to validate other men, just like you did in the locker room when you said, good hit, Wesley, right? Oh, man, you see that hit? Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the same thing they need in a real walk of life with their friends. Um, um, we need to make sure that uh, the validation is legit for our boys instead of uh, getting in the way and uh, becoming, uh, helping them put their fronts up. So yeah, you're gonna make the team knowing you really didn't make this team, but you paid the way 
for him to be on the team. So you gave him this false sense of security that he's a part of the team. That nepotism doesn't help him in life. In fact, when he wakes up, that's a, contribute, a, a contribution to the fact that self-doubt is swollen in his life now. Because now he goes back and he remembers that all them times you carry them. You're not Jesus. You got to let God carry them. You can't be the one to navigate your child like they did, like them, uh, what them actresses pay for their kids to be on the road team and get a full scholarship. <laughs> right. And you'll see those, you can't do that. You can't really buy your way. So the same for your, your sons. And, and your, we all know people who contribute, get the highest amount of money to an organization. And so somehow, some way they get the kid on the field. That nepotism doesn't help them. So that's the privilege everyone speaks about. These are just some of the areas that it resonates in, right? Um, but the number one way to encourage uh, a male, a man, is be there next to him. And when he does something, just like for you, he's going to, you say, good job, baby. I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. So it could become reciprocal. I could begin to see her, see you. Hey, man, one of the things I thought I seen was one of the most powerful things that I saw you do at a presentation is about the, the cognitive piece and what's on the mind and how you laid that whole piece out, right? And, and how many days it takes to get these things off of your brain. Mm -hmm. Like that was a very powerful thing. And so people miss that. They don't get that. So you got to be able to share that with someone and really tell them. So, you know, bringing people in, acknowledging their goals and dreams is how you build a team. You don't, you don't build a team or people... Uh, by coming in and it's just all about you, you're not going to have much of a team. Uh, you can't drop back and throw the ball, run out, catch the wide receiver, then jump into the end zone at the same time. I've never seen it. It's 11 people on a football team. It's five on the, on the basketball court at one time. So our mindsets have to be in a team mindset. So as a husband, you know, you could tell your wife, I'm proud of you. Well, it, especially if she's open to hearing then I'm proud of you. Well, you ought to be proud of me, so and so. That's not it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're, you're, you want to be an encouraging person to the person that you say you love because you want them to know and have some reinsurance when they go out into this world. So that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big key. You know, uh, some cases you make his lunch every day, but because you make his lunch before he go to work every day doesn't give you the right to remind him, you know, I make your lunch every day. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? That's, that's not your job. Your job is to continue to validate him because this is how he's been raised. This is what he's been taught. And we like to get into, oh, I ain't, I ain't raising no boy. No, no, this is a man who has been given these tools. It's a, it's a life skill. So he's looking for that person that will validate the life skills that his parents literally taught him. So it's not being a little boy, but it's encouraging him and, and showing him and validating him in the areas he needs to be validated in. 
So to recap this and kind of bring it to an end, what I just heard you say, in order to build up a man, and I know there's multiple ways to do this. Number one, we need to validate. Um, and it has to come from a positive validation. Um, even speaking to what's inside, not just only how this person was raised, this young boy, but we're speaking to what's inside in his DNA, what God put into him. Ironically, validation, um, there's a correlation between validation and respect, right? So when you're respecting me, and at the same time, when you're validating me, I feel respected. And that's the core of my being as a man. So my identity comes to the forefront because of the fact you just did what's inside my DNA. And in return, not that I scratch your back, you scratch mine, but the number one need for a woman is security per research. Um, when I provide that level of security, whether it could be financially, emotionally, physically, whatever the case may be, when I'm providing that, um, that security for um, my wife and for my daughter, they become, they, they, that's in their DNA. That's what make them feel loved and safe. And they, their identity is on the forefront and they're manifesting those gifts and talents that God has put into them and that their parent has um, also shared with them. And then you also talked about encouragement. Man, men are, um, we don't, we don't encourage. Like I said, I think, you know, I had the best childhood ever because I was swarmed around men. We, you know, every time I look up, I get kicked out of class. Well, my uncle right there, that ain't, that ain't gonna go well. So by the time my father even come into the picture, I already got dealt with, with about six strong men um, that was not planned and had zero tolerance. So it's like, but where's the encouragement? And so I, I agree wholeheartedly that we need a lot of men encouraging men. And then I love what you said, being present. Our presence speaks volumes. And to build up a man, we need other men uh, present. I was sharing with um, a group of men out of my church, like, hey, instead of us doing all these church events and let's do this, let's go pop up at such and such football game, right? We want them to be involved at church. We want them to serve on the door. We want them to help and, you know, be active at church. But yeah, let's go be active and watch them run track and let's, you know, take some time out because I, I know what it will, I know what it did to me when I had all y'all and my, my cousins and the stands and you got all this family up there and men sitting up here telling you, man, if you don't score a touchdown, we got a problem. We're we going to be outside waiting for you. Like, you know, that that's encouragement. You know, their presence meant a lot. And so when we step up and show other men that we that we care, that we love them, and it's really genuine because we know when it's fake, right? That Those are all tools to help build up men. Um, man, it's been an honor, um, and I'm kind of mad at myself for taking even this long, but I know it won't be the uh, be the last time me and you uh, definitely sit down and chat and talking about manhood and fatherhood. How can people find you? You know, you're doing a lot of great work. Ashley, um, yeah, how can people find you? What's your social media handles? And also share a little bit about what today is. You know, I want you to have, you know, um, share a little bit about that. So go ahead. So today is National Give Fathers Give a Flower Day, where fathers can 
recognize someone in their life that they haven't or acknowledge them through words or through a physical flower and tell them how they feel and express that uh, as a token of love, fathers give a flower day. Um, uh, it was actually, you know, I got the call and me and Corn always on the phone. And so, you know, really Corn was, you know, the one that was like, man, we, you can do some more things with dads, right? And, and spit it out. And we, I was like, hey, we're going to take that and build on it. Um, we got another holiday coming in uh, September uh, for fathers. Uh, have a talk with your Sunday, right? So we're just going to do things where dads are more active and involved in publicly and being out there. So that's one. Um, but I, before I say where I'm from, I want to give you a couple of jewels to take with you, right? Because a lot of people... Uh, probably don't know these things about fathers, right? Uh, when a father is involved in his child's life, zero to three, he never leaves the child from birth to three. The father, the child is never absent of the day, right? He will fight, he will endure, he will do, he will hang on from birth to three. Uh, when the father, the other piece is fathers in, um, you know, miscarriages and fathers in, um, women not having kids, right? And that process, when the father's involved, it really, right, is minimized, right? And so when you look at the cities and the different communities where uh, uh, stillborns and miscarriages and things like that, right, you have uh, mainly a high level of single households, right, where the man is not involved in the pregnancy. Um, and that's, that's huge. Um, and then this last one, which automatically should make you put your cape on and understand really how important you are. When a father's involved with his child from birth to nine, the child lives longer. Right. That's, a, that's a, a, a very important piece. And, you know, also in fathers in place. So these are things that you can look up, but those are just three of the things. But that last one is one of the most powerful things. And it just, when you go and look at, what is happening to young men, right? When you look at the murder rate, you look at these different death rates and things like that, and then you go look at it, what's missing? Dad. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's dead. So uh, where you can find us right now, we just kicked off a capital campaign uh, to build our own empowerment center, to build an empowerment center for boys, three to 24, where actually the work and the facilitation is done. First time, first uh, building of its kind. It's never been done. It was tried in 1940 and it was never been done. We want to be the first to build an empowerment center for boys, three to 24, meaning boys will get everything from reading, math, all the way across the board and active where men will be present, right? And uh, we have a campaign going right now. We just kicked off our 362 challenge where if we had, um, well, 462, 462 former athletes, coaches and all, if they donated $6,500, we would get the three million we need to put the shovel in the ground and build our empowerment center. The ME Empowerment Center is very, very strategic in the work that we're doing. We also have a 10 city plan. So we're headed to Alabama and Louisiana and Gary, Indiana and some of these other cities that's on our map to implement what we do to partner and collaborate with other people in other cities to bring this dynamic of what we do in our mentoring program uh, which is very, very powerful because we got a 98% parental involvement in our mentoring program. 
And we're very proud of that because we make sure all our work is to the restoration of family. So our mission is seeding in the lives of boys to the restoration of family. And so that's what we do. Um, and so that's where you can find me at emmyworld, E-M-I-Y world.com. Um, we put some music videos out. We're going to continue. We're going to do something for suicide in September. Uh, we, we're going to have a huge announcement here with a partnership to continue doing the work and raising the volume on uh, the smash suicide campaign and giving you the Emmy way, right? It's a tool that you can put in your house, your school, your homes, um, your community, your recreations. And that's where we are at emiyworld.com. You can send a message there. Um, the number is 313-638-3649. But more importantly, if you really want to help us, uh, order a t-shirt or donate. Our t-shirts have been very, very powerful. We didn't get into the whole story, but our brand is like no other brand because our brand has allowed us to help and inspire over 20,000 youth since 2007. That's what's up. And we, speaking of that, um, for our listening audience, as you guys know what I always do, I believe in sewing. And so for the first person to um, contact us and all the contact information is in our show notes um, and the Emmy, uh, their website, all that stuff will be in our show notes. First person to contact us will be receiving some materials from there. So please share um, share this episode. But Calvin, I want to say thank you for your time. You didn't you didn't have to do it, and I'm definitely appreciative that you did. Um, and can't cannot wait to uh, look forward to having you on again. And as always, I appreciate uh, our listening audience. And go and be renewed. And you all have a great day. Hey, thanks for listening to the Everything Renewed podcast. I hope you heard something that was helpful and that you can relate to. Do me a favor, like, share, and subscribe to the show. Remember, start with the mind and everything can be renewed. Until next time, stay fresh, stay cool, and stay renewed.